Welcome to the Strength in Business podcast, which is all about maximizing your impact by implementing a powerful marketing system that will help you perform at your highest level. And now, here is your host, Chris Rock. Welcome to a new marketing session at Strength in Business. My name is Chris Rock, and today I'm going to share this space with my special guest, Heather Ann Havenwood. And we're going to talk about good old email marketing and mobile marketing. Heather is a serial entrepreneur, author, podcast host, and marketing coach. She's the CEO of Havenwood Worldwide LLC and Chief Sexy Boss. She's regarded as a top authority on internet marketing. And to prove that she's the real deal, in 2006, she started, developed, and grew an online information marketing publishing company from ground zero to over 1 million in sales in less than 12 months. Welcome to the show, Heather. How are you? I'm good. Thank you, Chris. So great to have you here. Yeah. And more importantly, because we're going to discuss a controversial topic, as uh, so many gurus, <laughs> specialists, and experts have proclaimed the death of email marketing. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but you know what? I definitely want to have your take on that. But before we get into that, I have a burning question, and I'm sure my sure. audience would love to hear the answer to that. So you took a company from zero to one million, and you did that in less than 12 months, correct? Yes. Okay, so here's my twofold question for you. Sure. Number one, what were the top three success ingredients to achieving this amazing mm. result? Okay. And the second one, what were the biggest lessons? you learn during the journey. Oh, wow. Okay, great. So by the way, uh, podcast listeners, uh, she did not tell me this prior. So I'm like writing. Yeah. So uh, it, what's interesting about that particular uh, business, I'll just give you a, a, a context of the type of business it was. The business model was information marketing business. We were doing uh, how to uh, how to buy and sell houses at the time. And then we were doing in the modality of uh, information marketing products, physical, like they bought something, we send them books, okay, so binders and things like that. And then we did seminars, so they come to our seminar, and then we would do back end coaching. So you get the realm of what we were selling, okay. And so the top three lessons that we, I learned of that and how we grew it so fast is, um, well, funny enough, email marketing, right? So email marketing with JV lists. So our key was to reach out to as many JV lists. And that was kind of my job is I reach out to many uh, people or companies that already had people on their mailing list that were of similar mind to our particular customer avatar. So I, we knew that if we could get to other companies that already have that kind of list and that we can market to them, then we would have a better success rate. And that's what we did. And we only had really much two products when we first started, which was the how-to home study kind of course, right? Where you go, you send it to you at, um, at home or you come to us live. And then our back end was high-end coaching. So that's how we took it from zero to a million dollars. So the, the lessons of that was how do you get your uh, – customer or your av avatar customer as fast as possible how do you get in front of them as fast as possible and we do that through jv marketing so we didn't have to pay out a fee immediate buy we just pay a percentage um god number two at the time there was a ton of different how to real estate so our brand had to be really different right because there was a ton out there on how to buy and sell houses we made something really specifically and unique to what was happening at that time in 2006 and then we shifted it and once we got the list then we got the list and then we could sell them other things um 
Oh, top three success part. So then after that, the focus of the, of the seminar business. So at the time of 2005, 2006, believe it or not, that was during the time people are saying seminars were dead, <laughs> the death of seminars. And uh, we didn't believe in that. So we focus a lot on the seminars because we believe that even though uh, online marketing and online education is great, people still learn at a, a um, better when they're face to face. So those are three. We focus on that. Now, lessons. That was also the business that threw me into bankruptcy because uh, that general, the, my business partner, he took everything and left. So I learned this amazing lesson called uh, lawyers <laughs> that uh, I didn't have my own lawyer look at my own contract. I didn't save my butt. I trusted too much, right? So I learned the, as a female, I learned the, the lesson of, you know, thank you, you're going to be my business partner and I got to get my own team, my own advisory team, my own lawyer that I'm paying that are on my side to look over the contract to make sure that I'm taken care of too and something that I didn't do. The Another lesson um, that I definitely learned was the art of what I know how to do because I realized that it really is an art to promote oneself and to promote other people. And once you do that once, right, once you learn the art of promotion and copywriting, you can have a business fail but the skill set of promotion and copywriting can move beyond that particular business. And Joe Sugarman taught me that. He's like, Heather, I could lose everything today, but um, I have the power of the pen. I have the meaning that I have the power of promotion and sales to the art of writing, copywriting. And he's like, once you know that art skill, it doesn't matter if the business falls or succeeds or not, you can take that skill set to another business. And so I learned that art. I learned that skill set in that particular business. I had to kind of... Um, really refine it during that time. So those are huge lessons that I learned during during uh, that particular business. But it's also because of that business, I am where I'm today. I honestly feel if that business was, it still is continuing, still is live today. But if I was still with business partners with him, I would still be promoting him and not me. And I think that's a big piece. Women do that a lot. We we sometimes promote other people versus ourselves, right? So um, it, it it forced me to say, hey, I can promote myself and promote my own business. I don't need a business partner. So those are huge lessons for me that I learned in that business. Heather, tell me, because you talked about the lawyer thing. Were you in a corporate structure? No, no, no. It was me and a business partner. It was an entrepreneurial structure. So uh, that particular business was just a me and business partner. Now, back in the day, I was in corporate business years and years and years ago. I think 15 years ago at this point. For five years, I was in corporate business. Because maybe something like that would not happen in a corporate structure, would it? No, big company like that, they, they have a lot more rules and regulations yeah. that'll, that'll cover you. But um, I just signed the paperwork, you know, and I thought, oh, we own business together. And, you know, how can this can't go wrong? And I was yeah. just focused on opportunity and not focused on, oh, um, you know, he took all the money. Do I have any recourse? And I didn't have recourse of anything, you know, and I, you know, I learned a great lesson. There was a there was a guy named uh, Larry Pino. I don't tell the story very often. Larry Pino, who I worked for Dynatech, he, I worked for him for many years before that. And I learned a particular skill set with him. I learned the promotion business through him. And here I am broke. Okay. I'm not kidding. My house is in foreclosure. I'm going through bankruptcy and I call him up and he's still ahead of this big company, 500 employees. I call a secretary and ask for an appointment. I'm thinking to myself, he's not going to say yes, but he did. Mm. He met me at a Starbucks, like he, his favorite little place. And we sat down for 20 minutes. He gave me 20 minutes. He bought my coffee, which was fantastic at the time. <laughs> I'm like, oh, thank you so much. You have no idea. Um, and I was like, Larry, you know, your time is important. I'm so sorry for your time. I, I just want to, here's what I did. You know, tell him everything that happened. And I said, what did I do wrong? 
you know, here I am. I'm now broke. What did I do wrong? He goes, wow. First, I was like really impressed with what I did. But the other thing, he said, Heather, the number one lesson you just forgot, you just forgot to cover yourself, you know, legally. He's like, but the, the, the piece that's impressive is that you were able to take the skill set that I taught you as you were my employee at one point and you learned the skill set of promotion. He's like, if you can do that with this particular business, you can do it in other businesses. And that was like this most imperative turning point in my life. And 20 minutes over and the coffee was done. And I thought to myself, okay, you know, if I can do it for him and I could do it for, um, I could do it for myself. Mm. So she's a key piece. Yeah, you know, I, I love the copywriting uh, part uh, in, yeah. in your uh, take and definitely also the three success ingredients which basically go down to emailing the right people and, and, and using JV, which is basically referral marketing on, on steroids and nailing down your audience, your ideal avatar on the second was the strategy that you use when real estate and third face-to-face which are even today the strongest marketing vehicles, no matter who says what, because most of the time you'll hear it's referral marketing, it's face-to-face marketing due to trust, right? And then deploying several um, other uh, vehicles. But let's stick to copywriting for a second sure. and, and combine that with email marketing. How important is actually copywriting as a piece within email mm. marketing? Oh my gosh. Um, everything. I mean, copywriting is the skill set pretty much as Joe Sugarman. I've read his books and he's a friend of mine. He's a forward to my book and he taught me, he's the one who taught me if I would say the mindset of copywriting. And then I learned other places what I call the, the skill set of it. But the mindset of copywriting is this, is that you're able to sell a thing or a service with words and the words can be on via email, they could be on a, a webinar, they could be right here speaking or in a seminar, whatever the modality or the medium, it's still the skill set of taking words and selling a service or a thing, a product or a service. That is the skill set and the mindset of a great copy. So when you're using the modality or the medium for email, email nowadays is like entertainment. We go to our email and we scroll. Right. We look for a headline, basically, that catches our eye and it's in our private email, meaning we gave this particular address to someone or something. And we're giving we gave them permission somewhere along the way to say it is okay to email me in my private space versus if you turn on the TV and you're just flipping through a channel, it's very different because you're just flipping through channels. Those That's not your personal channel. Okay. So email marketing is like entertainment, personal entertainment. So we scroll through the, the subject lines looking for something that's going to catch our eye or something that we, we want to know more about, or we're attracted to in the moment. Right. Um, and that's that's the that's the key of copywriting right there is the subject line. Isn't isn't the first filter the company, the brand, the name, and then comes the headline? And if it's the headline, um, I mean, we all know that the Prince of Nigeria always worked, okay, <laughs> up until right. a few years ago. Uh, but isn't first because because this is something that I discuss a lot with my corporate clients as well who uh, go into Facebook Messenger now and try to communicate with their consumers. Isn't first the brand who are communicating or the person who are communicating you filter based on that in your email and then comes the headline? 
I completely agree. I, people do biz, People like to do business with people, not companies. Mm-hmm. So we like to do business with Chris, yep. right? Um, and Chris, you own a company or companies, but we want to do business with Chris. Yeah. So you want to have it the from of Chris also on the email. So it should be support at whatever strengthinbusiness.com. It needs to be Chris at. Yep. Okay. Or private or something like that where they actually feel at some level, even though we probably unconsciously know that it's coming from a mass marketing system, we still want to know that it's coming from Chris. Right. There's some kind of message coming from you. I think that's a key piece. Um, something I use all the time in one of my particular companies I do a lot of email marketing on is I'll change the name out. Sometimes I'll do like um, Heather um, parentheses VIP. Like that's the from. So and I'll do that to a certain particular list. So I know it's not just it's not just Heather's list. It's my VIP list. And that's something unique. It's like, even though it comes from the same email, Heather at HeatherHaywood.com, it's still Heather VIP, meaning, hey, Chris, you're on my VIP list. You need to open this because you are special to me, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And so there's something unique about that. So yes, the from, the actual the actual email it comes from, and then the subject line. All those three are basically your headline. If you don't have those, um, what I call in the groove, then you're going to get some, you know, you get some negativity. I think the other day, I think it was seriously, I got a, I got an email from a, a big company. Well, that's not small. And I think the from was support, you know, <laughs> and I'm like, and I, and I didn't email them for support. Like if I'm emailing support, then I get from support. Okay. But it didn't, you know, I'm like, this is, it was a email. It was a marketing. It was advertising for their new something. And I thought, why would they do that? That's ridiculous. Of course I trashed it, you know? So, and, um, but you have to think about that when you're doing that. So yes, copywriting's key in the, in the headlines and the subject line. Okay. So when you do copywriting and I agree with you, you oftentimes you get emails like support, contact us and whatnot, uh, from, from corporates, unfortunately, yeah. uh, cause a lot of times they have some robots who are sending stuff out. On the other hand, when we write copy, because I'm huge also into copywriting and I credit Dan Kennedy because I learned copywriting from him and I continue to write uh, to learn copywriting from him. When it comes to writing emails, how do you go about it? Do you have a structure? Do you have swipe files? Because, you know, every time you're in front of a blank page, you go, huh, what do you write now? If you don't have a swipe file or a structure, how do you do it? Okay, so I'm going to go walk through that uh, because it's kind of a long-winded answer, but I'm going to keep it kind of short, okay? So, yes, I do have a structure. Number one thing not to do, I'm not a big component of what I call pretty newsletters, okay? So when you go into your MailChimp system or whatever, I contact them, you have this what I call pretty mail, this pretty piece where it's really big and lots of pretty pictures and you're creating this big thing and to the section of the right, so the, the quote of the day, and over here, is like, it's too much. No. When you're writing an email, an email has one intention, one focus, whatever that one focus is. So if you're focused on talking about your latest podcast, then it's that focus. It's only talking about the upcoming podcast or the one you just launched or the one you just released, whatever. It's it's intentional and one focus. Dan Kane talks about that, right? Mm. So if you see his yeah. emails, if you notice his emails, his emails aren't what I call the pretty emails, the big pretty birds and all that crap. It's text only and he has one intention. You know, so he's talking about the super conference. He's talking about the super conference. Or he's talking about a webinar coming up. He's talking about that webinar coming up. It's one intention because it's one action. He wants you to take 
one action, whatever that action is, click over here, register for, buy, whatever. It's one action focus. That's a really key piece. So then that goes to the, uh, the what I call the fluffy looking big images. Now, um, I'm not a big component of that. Um, when people are in their email, they're looking for one thing to say or do, and you don't know what kind of modality they're, they're looking at their newsletter. They could be looking at a phone, iPhone, iPad, whatever, and different kind of screens. So text only when you, when they click off of that and go to a website, then you can make it all pretty and whatever, and all, blog posting, all that kind of fun stuff. But inside the context of the email, you make it text, pretty much text only. The only, the only images I put in there are signature because I want them to uh, know my face or my logo, right? Mm-hmm. They want I want brands branding. So my face is my brand and my other company's the logo is the brand. So of course, contention, con- commitment, consistency of the brand as well as the image. Um, or sometimes I will throw in what I call a teaser image, right? So if you want them to go to uh, a YouTube video or something you did, you want to capture maybe a snippet of the video, right? So they go to it and they they see, oh, this is what it is. That looks enticing, looks unique, looks different. That's the only time I would add an image, but it's not a big, what I call poofy. I call poofy newsletter with all these different images everywhere. You don't want that. You really don't want that. This is not a brochure. It's an email marketing piece. Okay, so one more thing that I want to add is, um, and I tell this to my coaching clients, every single email going out you're selling something. And I mean this, everyone. Now, sometimes there's schools of thought, like you want to give content for a few days and then you want to, and then you want to maybe sell them on Fridays. I do not believe in that Mm -hmm. at all. If you're sending out a content piece, maybe you do have a content piece about seven ways on blah, 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 right? It's a content piece. You still place either in the PS or what I call in the middle of the article, a what I call classified ad or something similar that takes them to an action. They can either purchase something or there's some kind of action they could take register for a webinar or actually purchase, go to VSL to purchase something. And here's why I know that works. One, I was taught that by Dan Kinney, but two, try to go to any online news newspaper, uh, New York times, um, you know, USA today, it doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. Okay. In the middle of the article, what do they have ads? Yeah. yeah. Right, you can't go through an entire article without seeing ads to your left and to your right. So we're used to it, okay? Mm. So when you do email marketing, you always have some kind of what I call action item that's a potential sell, either registration and or a sell. So those are my two. Those are my, what is that? Four or five tips. Yeah. Those are my big tips in email marketing. You know what? They're great. And you know what I love? You covered basically two things: what to do and what not to do. So the basic, the no goes. You know, as in going, okay, this is what you should do and this is what you shouldn't do. And I remember one thing also from Dan Kennedy where he said, you know, he's doing this stuff for 40 years, right? And uh, he's always teaching his um, students, guys, just go through newspapers and you'll find all these big dumb companies with all these big dumb images for products. But you'll always find one or two ads, text only. And he yep. goes like, these are my students. <laughs> and guess what? They outperform all the other ads five, six times. And they do that for the last 20, 30, 40 years. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm absolutely with you on uh, the text thing. And also on one clear CTA and not hundreds of them, because a confused mind will never buy. 
Exactly. That's exactly it. So if you do the pretty newsletter, I call it, the, you know, what I'm talking about the big image and the headline and the right hand side, and the right column, all these different crazy things. The confused mind will never buy since there's too much to look at. So they'll just probably either close it or maybe read one thing and then take off. But a, a, a clarity is power. So driving people to an action or a statement. I mean, I've never seen an email from Dan Kennedy that doesn't um, asked me to do some action, either register for a webinar or go buy a ticket at the super conference or buy his latest book. It doesn't matter. He's always asking me to buy to buy something. And you should do the same thing. Something else that someone asked me all the time, they said, uh, what about, you know, doing content Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then, uh, you know, selling something on Friday. I'm like, here's the thing I would say to that. Email is like entertainment for us. What that means is if we send something out on Monday, it doesn't mean they're going to open the email on Monday. Yeah. They might open that on Wednesday. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. a, like an annuity. You have to basically just be commitment, consistency, and email and constantly be asking for what I call the sell. Because you know many times that people are out of town for the week and they go back and look at all their emails Monday through Friday or whatever it is. Um, there's no particular perfect time to send an email to. People are like, oh, 5 a.m., no, I disagree with that as well. Here's another reason why. Entertainment guy. Remember the old entertainment guy? Maybe you're at the supermarket, you pick it up, and it would tell you what was going on and on the TV stations that night. Those uh, The TV companies internationally have tested the human behavior of us for decades. And we like certain things. We are also been programmed. In the morning, it's noons, news. Around noon, it's... I don't know, stupid shows, right? Entertainment shows. And then around three or four, we get Oprah or Ellen, you know? And then around six o'clock, we get news, right? So, and then at late night, we get entertainment again. Notice there's like a consistent pattern. So you use your email marketing the same way. And people use their email in the same way. They'll check their email at noon for entertainment. They'll check their um, email at six o'clock for news. I mean, that's just what we do. So uh, mirror match the current behavior. Don't try to reinvent it. Absolutely. So, so we talked about that, and I and I agree with you on that. So we talked about the ghosts and the no ghosts. So, what's going on with email marketing? I mean, these are the uh, best tips how to how to go about it and whatnot today. But what about the current state? Is it dying? Is it transitioning? Is it evolving? And also, because the, prior to hopping on the call, we said let's also talk about uh, mobile marketing because that's uh, big and gaining more and more importance and um, SMS marketing. So what's the current state of email marketing? And also a few, a couple of words about mobile and SMS. It used to be that we could do email marketing only, right? And nowadays you just can't do that. Mainly because email marketing open rate is getting lower for a couple reasons. One, people aren't opening them just because there's so much of it. But the other piece of that is that, um, some of the particular providers, email marketing, are going into spam, okay, because Google's becoming very intuitive and knows um, what is what I call coming from a, a big server and one's, what's coming from just one-on-one. So e- the email basically is becoming smarter, if you call it. So you have to, you have to do both. You have to do SMS marketing. If you can do actual mail, physical mail, great. And then well, as well as email marketing. They have to all support each other. 
And so the SMS marketing, I'm working with a company called Mobit. They're international. They're actually based in New Zealand. And what we're doing is we're working with them so that, I'll just give you an example. You can text the word sexy, which is a keyword, S-E-X-Y. I own that keyword to 72,000, You text the word sexy from your mobile phone. What happens there is you get a, a you get actually a, a something that says, hey, do you agree to this? You press yes. You reply yes, text. And then what that does, it gives me the opportunity the opportunity as well as the legalization to actually uh, broadcast you to your phone. Now, we all know text messaging is about, what, 80, 90% open rate, right? Because it's yep. on your phone. It's very in your face. So you don't do that every day like you do email marketing. You could do that maybe once a month or twice a month for something. Um, and then from there, I then can gather your uh, name and email. So then it, it, and it locks into, for me, it locks into Infusionsoft and MailChimp. So now I have your email, your name, as well as your your text right? Your text number. So that gives me opportunity to, um, touch you in different ways, not just email, but also SMS. So the future of mobile marketing is, as you know, people with, with um, Facebook messenger, that's more of a notification. Okay. Uh, LinkedIn has the same thing. You want to start Snapchat is going crazy. Snapchat. Yep. All those are more what I call notifications, meaning they come up on your phone like a text in a way, like a notification, like, hey, you have something. Okay. We don't have that for our email because we bombarded every five minutes. So you want to get into more of the notifications um, as well as the email because in the notifications and texting, you can only do what I call classified at two or three lines maybe, and then an action request. In an email, you can be more story-oriented, right? So you want to make sure you're doing both. That's the key. So the future, I think it's going to happen where companies are doing both SMS as well as email marketing. So I've had some pretty good experiences with SMS marketing during live events. That works amazingly well, especially if you have the right people in your audience live with you and you put up a, a text SMS and say, hey, you can grab this and that. Just the mm-hmm. SMS there, you already have uh, their uh, information and they get value from you um, straight during uh, the live event. So Strength in Business Community, if you want to find out more about Heather, hop over to heatherhavenwood.com or sexybossinc.com, right? Yes. And I wanted to say one thing here in the United States, there's, there's this thing called the presidential election happening real quick. And uh, I'm sure y'all haven't heard of it. Okay. But, oh, you mean the Kardashians? Yeah. No, the Kardashians <laughs> probably. Yeah. Seriously, we're probably going to be high, you know, voting in the Kardashians. But yep. Donald Trump, since June of last year, if you look at all his um, um, in the media where he was co- what I call controlling the media, where, the, where he wasn't on CNN or something, it was like his space. He always had in front of him text the word Trump to, I don't know what it was, 82,000 or something like that. And um, I just found that fascinating. He was doing that everywhere. And none of the other candidates did until the very end. Ted, actually, the very, very end did that. And he was the only one that really focused on text messaging, Facebook messaging, Facebook advertising, um, Instagram. He's the one who only focused on that. And it's pretty powerful. I remember a few years ago when Obama won that uh, he had also very, very strong marketing, very, very strong Twitter marketing, Facebook marketing. So he hired some big agencies to do that. And definitely they did a great job. Yeah. 
So keep that in mind. You know, tech, if, if, if Donald Trump could use it, you can use it. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, Heather, before we wrap it up, what do you think about the future of email marketing? Because, I mean, we have all these instruments. And if you look at your, your phone, whether you have an iPhone or an Android, uh, you kind of have several Facebook apps. You will have several Google apps or Apple apps. <laughs> yeah. And they yeah. Uh, actually rule your phone. Um, yes. So what do you think uh, will happen to email uh, as opposed to Facebook pushing massively now also Facebook Messenger, opening it up to brands, uh, being able to connect the, with consumers and also going B2B? What's the future of email marketing going to look like? Uh, here, here's what I say about that. I look at all those different modalities as like classified ads, right? Taking it back to Dan Kennedy, he talked about a lot when I was listening to him and he said human behavior hasn't changed. The technology has changed, but how we purchase and how we think hasn't necessarily evolved that much over the last couple of years. You're talking about the reptile brain. <laughs> yes, the reptile brain has not evolved much, okay? <laughs> Maybe the technology has, but that doesn't mean how we purchase has. I think we I think we've gone backwards if we really look at our involvement. So what that means is is that those particular ones you talked about are what I call mini I call, I consider them like mini classified ads. They're coming at you, but they have to be really small, little pieces of like check this out, go here, go here. And even when you they go there, wherever that is, external mobile site, internal Facebook page, whatever that place is, you still are trying to get the lead. You still don't have the necessary the lead yet, or maybe that's your client and you're trying to get them to do something. Mm -hmm. You still need to capture the email because in the email is, I feel, the relationship. That's where the relationship is. I feel more so than the push at. So I think the long-term, that's my view, is a long-term relationship. Like back in the day, Dan Kenny talks about actual getting an, uh, an address, right? An actual yep. physical address yep. that you know, like you can buy a list of people that you know in the last year they bought face cream. So yep. the, the list is women over 60 to 70, let's say. Yep. And you have, a, you have the list of the women. And then once you mail to them and then they purchase, now you have a buyer list. Mm. Then you have a relationship Yep. Right. You've they've bought something. And I think when they move into email, that's the buyer list. They've bought they've bought more into you on another level mm. versus just a like or versus something like that versus coming at you. It's more the relationship. So I feel that email marketing is just becoming a more of a um, intimate relationship than a push relationship. Because, I, again, going back to the original thing I said, when I go to my email, I know on a subconscious level that every single person that's emailing me, I gave them that permission on some level. Mm. I gave them that permission. Okay. Now we have spam, of course, but still I gave them that permission mm. and I'm going to open those emails. Absolutely. And, and I want to add two stats because uh, I also have a lot of listeners who are totally into stats and I'll give them two stats. So here's stat number one for you. Email is almost 40 times more effective at acquiring customers than Facebook and Twitter combined. And the source for that, you can look it up, McKinsey and Company. And here's the second statistic. For every $1 invested in email marketing, the average return is $43. And if you want to look it up, here's the source for you, Direct Marketing Association. Now, Heather... Oh, Please give out once again your websites. And if you have a last piece of advice, um, a last uh, golden nugget, so to yeah. speak, 
Go ahead, share it with our listeners, please. Absolutely. So you can reach me at heatherhavenwood.com or sexybossinc.com. Or if you're in the States, you can text the word sexy to 72,000. So um, here's what I would say about a particular nugget. And I I glazed over it earlier, but I want to go a little deeper so you understand. And that is um, we as human beings haven't changed that much in how we behave in a during the day, we are we are animals. And so we we behave a certain way during the day, morning versus noon versus um, afternoon. And there has been decades of studies of the human behavior of what they put on TV at what time. And so there is a correlation between our email marketing, that relationship marketing and what's on TV, the entertainment guide. And so I want you to keep that in mind is that we're starting to look at email as a personal relationship and as an entertainment value. All right. Instead of the TV. So keep that in mind when you're looking at you, when are you going to send your email? All right. It's when are, what are people doing at that period of time? Noon versus 6 PM versus 7 PM. So, uh, you know, 9 PM people are inter- being entertained. They're hanging out, they're relaxing, they're, they're purchasing more. And I know in my experience with my email marketing, I learned, um, uh, on, on accident that people buy more on Sundays and Saturdays because they're kind of hanging around. And so when I send an email out to purchase something on Sundays and Sundays and Saturdays, they buy more mainly because they're in that place of entertaining and being entertained and reading and watching things. So I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, keep that in mind when you're doing your email marketing. Excellent advice. And I can just uh, give another piece of advice there. Also add another thing, another golden nugget to that as well. Uh, and that is Sunday. If you're running Facebook advertising, Sunday is a great day. <laughs> it's just yeah, <laughs> I've heard that too. Yeah, from yeah, that's great advice. Sundays are a great day. People are just relaxing. But you never know. Energy. Always test, test, test. Test, test, test. Yes. That's the most important thing. Once again, this is Chris Rock from Strength in Business talking to Heather Haven with Thanks for being my guest today, Heather. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thanks for listening. Thank you for your loyalty. I'll catch up with you in the next episode. Happy marketing. And remember to always play to your strengths. Thank you for listening to the Strength in Business podcast. Submit your questions on strengthinbusiness.com and follow Chris on Twitter at Chris Rock. That's K-R-I-S-Z-R-O-K-K. 